Hello, ladies and bastards. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. David. Hello, you other bastard. Welcome back to your original house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> David just safely made the, it to Phoenix yes. after a very long two-day trip. Yeah, the, the trips there and back got to be rough, but... It's pretty bad, especially when you're traveling with a car full of, like, belongings and two pets. You know what I mean? So they each have, like, a, a crate, and, they you know, we put them in the, the back seat, but... Um, they don't like it. So we have to like drug them like 48 hours before. And then like the day of, we have to drug them again. And then we spread up the trip into two days. So we drove half the way and then stayed overnight. So then you gotta, you know, do all that shit from a hotel. And then the next day you wake up, drug them again, get them back in the car, fucking drive eight hours. Yeah, it was not fun, but we were absolutely ecstatic to get home. So because you didn't mention traveling with your wife, you mentioned your belongings and crates. Does she fit into one of those categories or <laughs> did we just forget to mention her? We are actually really good travelers together. We we complement each other very well. You know how like when you're with in the car with someone for like 14 hours, mm -hmm. you just like want to murder each other? Yes. Um I, we don't have that problem. We just, for some reason, we just get along really well. And, you know, if I'm driving, I get control of the radio. If she's driving, she gets to control the radio. Or, you know, we'll talk or do something. Like, there's never, like, an argument. So it's actually kind of kind of nice. Let's be clear. The driver gets control of the radio at all times. That is the rules. <laughs> there's no, oh, we have this deal. That's the rules when it comes to driving. <laughs> Every once in a while, when my wife and I travel somewhere, she might be like, oh, I'm too hot or too cold or the radio's too loud. I'm like, well, it needs to be loud enough where I don't fall asleep while driving, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to focus on the volume. Like you can do whatever you need, but that that's what we're going to do for the volume. <laughs> yeah, well she's um she's studying for uh she's taking the real estate exam. So, you know, she wanted to do some testing and listen to some like real estate classes in the car and I'm like, all right, as long as you're driving, you can listen to whatever you want. Yeah, as, as you put in AirPods. So, yeah. <laughs> so a uh, couple things, couple cleanup from last week's episode, and one thing I want to talk a little bit about. So you mentioned last week that I thought you you thought at the time only like celebrities could get blue check marks, and I and I honestly had no idea. So originally, you mean originally on right. Twitter? Um, so yeah. my cousin Cheech was saying that anybody could get it before. Now, obviously, anybody can get it by paying the eight dollars. Though it seems like Musk has rolled that back as well now, and maybe you can't actually do that right now, but. I don't know how true that is that anybody can get it because a lot of people were complaining that only elitists were really getting it. That was one of the biggest complaints with Twitter is, well, it didn't cost anything, but if you could prove who you were, you could get a checkbox. But in order for you to prove who you were, you had to be somebody worth knowing. All right. So, Cheech, uh, for this week's when you complain about this again, can you please just send the yes. email to ridiculouslybored <laughs> at gmail.com, please? Give us some more details, Cheech, would you? <laughs> yeah. Because um, that, that was one of the biggest complaints that people had was, how come I can't get a checkbox? How fucked up is that, right? If that is the case, you write, you're right in and they're like, it's like auto-respond. Sorry, you're a nobody. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, damn. but it's just like, okay, I can't validate you are you if I don't know who you are. What happened to like using your driver's license or something like that? 
Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe there's a process, but I think, I mean, at least based on the complaints, and this could all be bullshit, but at least based on the complaints that I was reading about and a lot of the articles that were talking when they were introducing this new blue checkmark program that Musk is rolling out, they were doing it in the vein of, well, now everybody can do it. Right. So, you know, the, the problem with, obviously, this kind of online verification type stuff is, to give you mm -hmm. an example, in Australia, because... We still have an Australian bank account. We still have an Australian driver's license because, you know, we go there enough and we still have family there. So there's no mm -hmm. reason to give those things up. When I signed up for my uh, online account for gambling, previous to the U.S. having it now legal, like I could, I could just do it in Connecticut. Now I don't need the Australian one anymore. But, you know, five, seven years ago when you couldn't do it here, I was able to use a VPN <laughs> to log in and give them all the information that was needed. I didn't actually live there. So it's like they have this whole process in place to catch all this stuff, and it was so easy to go around it anyway. So really? I wonder if that maybe plays into what you're talking about, that you know, if you're famous, it's a little bit easier maybe for them to prove who you are. I don't know. But either yeah, way, I don't, I don't use Twitter enough. I don't have a blue check. Um, I'm not going to use the uh, new blue check by paying $8 a month, that's for sure. So. Oh, hell no. So question for you. Um, how do you feel about the thought of people that have been banned, like Donald Trump? Uh, I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly anybody who them? changed their name to Elon Musk as well, well they got yeah, banned. Yeah, that was recent. Yeah. People were just being dicks. How do you feel about uh, him potentially unbanning people like Donald Trump? I think... It, it, look, it's a new company, a new owner, so I guess I'm okay with the clean slate approach. But what will very quickly happen is, look, people didn't get banned because they were like, oh, darn, it's going to rain today. I wish it was going to be a night. You got banned for a reason. <laughs> so if they enact <laughs> the same reasons and right. if some of the reasons are things like common courtesy, common decency, don't threaten somebody, don't use foul language. I don't know if that's one of them. But if those are the requirements, those people get rebanned pretty quickly. So yeah, I, I don't have an issue with so, the new owners, like kind of clean slate. Yeah, I, here's the thing. Uh, when Trump originally got banned, it was right after, I think it was right after January 6th and all the shit that went down there. Um, so the context of his banning was, I think, around, hey, you caused this event to happen, right. which by the way, in a court of law hasn't been proven yet. They're still going through the, the justice, justice department's doing their, their due diligence and all that shit. So here's, here's the problem that I have. And originally I'm like, yes, get the motherfucker off of Twitter. Cause I hate listening to him. Now I've changed my entire stance on that. Okay. And the reason why I've changed my stance on that is, and I think Elon Musk says this best, but he says, look, if you ban free speech, now I'm not talking about like you got somebody murdered, right? Um, let's assume that that you know you, you can't prove that out, then you have really nothing to go on a legal basis. But if you ban free speech, what ends up happening is like what's happened with Truth Social, you, you basically create an echo chamber for right-wing extremists, right? So now you have everybody who's like F Twitter, F this, F that, they all go on a Truth Social and all that's left, it's just a bunch of people all in an echo chamber saying the same shit. Right. So they're all reinforcing their own ideologies, whether they're right or wrong. So you don't have a whole, at least on Twitter, 
Trump could say something and then you'd have a bunch of people saying, no, you're an idiot. Here's why. And there was like a dialogue. Right. Whereas right now you've got left-leaning Twitter and right-leaning True Social and nobody's talking to each other. And all that's happening is like it's a fucking dumpster fire. Just people are getting all riled up and everybody's talking about the same shit. Yeah, and I don't I don't have an issue with that logic because as I've said before, and I think as, as recent as last week, freedom of speech is not – does not give you the right to freedom of consequences, right? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. what'll happen on those type things is somebody like Trump as an example will start with something and then very quickly there'll be a stream of both positives and negatives against it. And then it just becomes people yelling at each other, right? Oh, it's a bitch fest. Yeah. So like at, at least an extreme. But at least at least the righties can read what the lefties are saying and the lefties can read what the righties are saying. Right. What versus what you have now, which is Nothing. You have a bunch of right, right hand, you know, blah, right wing people often in one echo chamber, and you got a bunch of liberals off in another echo chamber. Right. So you you mentioned earlier though that if you like murdered someone or led to a murder or something like that, and you were convicted, right? So you yeah. shouldn't be allowed to say these certain things. You should not allow to be a to commit a crime <laughs> via social media. We, we are going to admit though that whether OJ was found guilty or not, right? He shouldn't have a Twitter account, right? We're going to start with him. <laughs> I'm not saying I would have killed her, but I understand. Okay. So another thing from last week, because you did mention it, so I just want to add some um, color to it. You mentioned last week, as, as a throwaway comment, four episodes left. You did mention that on the podcast. I did, I did, and we didn't, we didn't yeah. say anything about it. <laughs> so um, what we want to let our listeners know is that because of scheduling conflicts, because of a lot of things going on, that um, David is possibly going to have to step away for a little bit. And when he can record, him and I will record, but we're not going to be recording on a weekly basis probably for the near future. With that said, I am currently or shortly going to try to learn some basic editing from some software that's <laughs> online and see if it's possible for me to do it with guest hosts in periods where David can't be around. Um, I cannot promise that will happen, but that is the goal of what I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks as we record these last few episodes to do. So we'll see. And then every once in a while, David will be back on. Um, he'll edit those. And or, then people will complain because I wasn't as good as the guests. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or worse is they'll complain neither of us are as good as the guests. And the next thing you know, <laughs> this host, this show is called uh, Live with Kelly and uh, Michael Strahan or whatever it's called now. <laughs> Yeah. So we are now at episode 97. Yeah. And just to, to, to give a little bit more color on that, at some point in the past, we had a conversation where I said, I'll give it a, I'll give it a solid hundred episodes. And we are, we are arriving at that hundredth episode. I have some, I have too many hobbies. I have a wife that doesn't like that. I have too many hobbies. And that, by the way, this has nothing to do with her. She's not. No, I want to blame reason. her. I just, you can blame her. No, don't blame her. No, not at all. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just, I have a lot of things that I want to do and this is time consuming. So. As well as the editing, right? We should be clear that the editing takes some time yeah. as well. It does. Um, so much so that I sabotaged two episodes, one we lost a long time ago, one we lost a few weeks ago. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have been at 99 already. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You did say something. When I told you, like, oh, I don't think I could save this episode, you were like, your stay of execution has been extended. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's get Move it in, on. Yeah, moving on. Let's get into some... Um, I actually surprisingly, I have a couple uh, relatively racist comments in a row here. 
Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to get canceled again. So the first one is my wife and I and the kids, we go to my mom's nursing home. And it appears, based on now what happened and, and, and surveying the situation, say there's 30 people on the floor. There is about 26 women, four men. They're, they're mostly women. Um, and of the women, there is one who is Chinese. So as we're getting ready to leave, this guy comes up to my wife, who we thought he was visiting somebody. Turns out he works there. And the guy is of Asian descent, I assume Chinese. He walks up to me, looks at me, looks at my wife, and he's like, you Chinese, right? And she's like, what? He's like, you Chinese? And she's like, yeah. So he's like, so you're just visiting that lady on the floor who's also Chinese? And she's like, no. <laughs> so the guy just assumed because a Chinese lady was there. She had to be meeting the only other Chinese person in the floor. Um, so we, so my son and my daughter heard it as well. And now we've all started just randomly out of nowhere just being like, you Chinese? <laughs> so that was I one. I love when your kids are... Your kids are at an age or where you can share like a joke like that. Yeah. Well, until they probably say it to the wrong person because that's the part they oh, yeah. don't know how to. But they're Chinese it. though; they can get away with true, it. True, very true. Because you'll be like, "Yeah, yeah you are." <laughs> um, the other one, and I know, I know, this is on your list of things you hate, where racism is brought into things where racism really shouldn't be involved. Yes, I read an article the other day. <laughs> and obviously, the 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 title was for clickbait. It said something to the effect of the lotto is racist, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So I'm like, if nothing else, I got something for the episode. So I go, I, and right. I go into it <laughs> and it talks about how because of the benefits that are associated with the lotto, right, which is you winning money, right? That's the benefit of it. And there's others and I'll get to in a minute. They mm -hmm. said that it unfairly targets poor people in poor communities because those are the ones who obviously, I guess, have the biggest upside to it. So they were saying because of that, that the lotto is racist, that that's what they're encouraging, which I just, uh, I can't possibly understand. I don't understand. follow that logic. Yeah. It's, it's, and then the other thing was, the article started talking about how the money also tends to go more towards high schools. The, so... For people who don't know, when you put a dollar down on lotto, the whole dollar does not go into the pool. And I don't know the numbers, but I'm just going to use 50-50 as an even split. 50% of it goes into the pool. And it builds the pool up. The other 50% goes towards shit. So it's state taxes or um, road repairs or money given to schools to help subsidize different things, things like that. So one of the other things they said was, because the lotto money, <laughs> this is so silly, the lotto money goes to mainly high schools, the schools that it goes to, that that's also being prejudiced because there's less of minorities who make it to high school. So they're saying oh, they're not Jesus even receiving Christ. the benefit of it. This is a, like a chicken and egg thing. Maybe. So yeah. I was just curious because knowing how much you hate stuff like that, I was curious on your view of it. And anybody listening can definitely assume that David and I were not the person who won the $2 billion lottery because we're still doing this. 
Yes. <laughs> it would, 97 would be the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was nice knowing you guys. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think more needs to be said about it. I think it's, I find it very silly when people look for, look, there are plenty of, plenty of opportunities to talk about racism and cause it exists everywhere. Agreed. All right. And there are plenty of really solid conversations to be had around racism and look at law enforcement. Look, I mean, there's a thousand different areas where you can talk about, all right, there's, there's racism happening here and there looking for it in places where it's not all that obvious, or you have to really dig to try and, and find it. I, I think it's just, a, it's, it's just not worth the time. There's just so many other good areas where you can have a good discussion about that where where we need to focus on on making things less racist. Do you do you think like myself that stuff like this also takes away from some of the other arguments because then it becomes, um, I, I know this isn't the right term because it doesn't sound right, but it becomes almost background noise when if you're tying it to everything, then how can you discuss anything type thing? Yeah, and and anyone who's who's making the argument for racism will say. It's systemic and it exists everywhere already. So even just talking about it in the context of the the you know the Powerball or the lottery is 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 stupid because yes, it already exists there. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily agree with that argument either. But look, if the article gets a billion views, then yeah, it's taking away from a, a better discussion about how to solve racism. Uh, I don't think that article is going to get a whole lot of views. I, it, it's clickbaity. I think. Someone's going to read the first paragraph and go, yeah, you're, you're really reaching there, bud. Now, if the lotto was called white lotto, <laughs> I'd agree with them as a starting <laughs> point, but that, that is not the case currently. No, right. definitely not. What was the one that we talked about a few weeks ago where you were, you were bringing it up and I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't add racism where it doesn't belong. Master bedroom. Oh, the, the whole thing. So I actually got into a discussion with my wife about that afterwards because she was okay. she'd overheard part of the conversation and, and was like texting me like, yeah, it, it is it does have racial connotations. And then I actually went and looked it up and the first racism, you know, was abolished in the eighteen hundreds. The first time the term master bedroom was ever used was in like the nineteen twenties. Right. So it doesn't even come from the same like century. What do you have on your list, Dave? What would you like to discuss? I have a new game for us to play, but I kind of want to save it for the end because okay. I, I think it'll be a good one and it might be a keeper for the next okay. four episodes. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> all right. So let's, I, I got a couple other things. Did you uh, hear, read, or see about the Dallas air show? The I did. I actually saw the crash video? and it looked pretty weird. Like it wasn't like two planes were like doing loop-de-loos next to each other and clipped a wing. Like one plane actually flew into the other. So, and just to step back a minute, there was an air show in the city of Dallas or around the city of Dallas where they had some, you know, some old planes and they were kind of, you know, showing them off and what they can do in the air. And the two planes crashed. So, for anyone that didn't read that article, that's what happened. But if you actually watch the video, it looks really sketch. Yeah. So, they were World War II, I believe, planes. And I use this joke outside the podcast, but I'm going to use it again here. Oh um, I like my war reenactments to look real, but not that real. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And the other thing was, is your comment you said was, it literally looked like one plane, the guy had flashbacks and was like, I'm taking that motherfucker Kamikaze. out. Kamikaze. 
Because yeah. he came out of nowhere to crash into this other plane. So you're right. It wasn't like, what are they called? I think the Blue Angels that fly yeah. like a foot they apart from each other. They do all the aerial flips and yeah. stuff like that. This was just two planes just flying straight, and one of them went right into the other. Yeah. So if anybody hasn't seen that, they can just do Google Dallas Air Show crash. That'll come up. But yeah, let's talk crazy. about another spectacular crash that has happened, the crypto world. Oh, that's been going on for a while now, though. Not, not as new. bad as this last week, though. <laughs> so FTX has declared bankruptcy. Yeah, that was uh, there was some issues. There was some shit going, some shady shit going on there. Didn't like the owner was like he was a billionaire and he basically lost his entire fortune. He like, was a like a twenty billionaire, twenty time billionaire. Now he's under a billion. But I think after the bankruptcy, it's probably it's even less. A couple things happened for those who. I'm checking my crypto account as we speak. Those who don't follow the crypto account world. And, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons why I don't invest in it is because, yes, it has the upside of big possibilities, but it has this other side as well. So supposedly it started about a week ago when one of the rival crypto accounts, Binance, I think it was called, started commenting on, like, hey, I don't know if this FTX is really trustworthy. And, I don't know if they have the proper asset to liability ratios and things like that, right? Who says accounting can't be fun? And oh. then what happened from there was there caused a panic. People started drawing their money on the, from the, the crypto account, and they didn't have the money to fund it. And so it's gone, in essence, belly up now. It's, it's going to be gone within a few weeks after they do all the liquidation and stuff. Right. There's another entity... Uh, another crypto one, I don't remember the name of it right now, that has also gotten caught up in this now because people are like, well, we don't trust you either. That one's just um, lost 95% of its value in a week. Bitcoin has been plummeting the last few days. Well, hold on a second. It's not. <laughs> it hasn't. It's still um, high, but it's way it's, lower it's than It's gone it's down. Uh, all right. just so I, I have a pretty fairly well-balanced crypto portfolio. Okay, it's down since since inflation started going on the rise in the last year. It's down about thirty percent. Okay, which is it's not good, but I wouldn't consider that to be like a stock market crash. I think what you're seeing and reading about is a lot of these uh, exchanges that allow people to deposit money and then spend that money on cryptocurrencies. They're having issues. They're having security issues. They're having trustworthy issues. That's where the problem is. Um, the problem, when when an exchange that big, like FTX, goes down, everybody who owns crypto starts to go, oh, shit, maybe I need to get out of crypto. In actuality, it really has very little to do with the currency. So before everybody goes off selling their crypto, it's it's not as bad as it sounds. Yeah, so Bitcoin is down 5% in five days, 12% in the month, and 65% in the year. <laughs> yeah, well, I, as soon as the inflation started But that one fluctuates up, significantly yeah. anyway. But as um, soon as the inflation just started to skyrocket, I mean, look at the stock market. The stock market, I think, overall is down somewhere in the 20 to 30% range as well. I don't know about the exact stock market numbers, but my investments are <laughs> 20%. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what I'm going off of. I'm not, I mean, I have a fairly well-balanced portfolio and it's, you know, it's in the shitter right now, but it's, it's no more or less than the crypto market is at least the, of the stuff that I own. So, 
So take it from David, invest in uh, crypto. No, just have a, a balanced portfolio so that when shit does go awry, you don't lose your shirt. Yeah. The other thing with FTX was the value of certain currency was based on the value of their own currency that was the underlying money. So mm -hmm. it's basically like, are you worth $100? Uh, well, yes. Yes, I am. And, and that's kind of how it was valued. It was yeah, value, that's, so that's where the problem, problem was. Crypto in and of itself is a gamble. I mean, there's... It's 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 almost like the the stock market back in the uh, late 1900s, 1990s, early 2000s, when it was like you had these companies that hadn't earned a dollar yet, like Twitter, and all of a sudden their stock price was going through the the roof based upon potential future earnings, yeah. and that that bubble blew up and and exploded, and everybody lost their shirts back then. This is really no different, but. Also, millions of dollars are made in those bubble markets with people gambling. I mean, let's face it. A lot of this shit is a gamble. Yes. Right? If, I'm not looking to retire off of crypto, but if I happen to buy some and all of a sudden I'm a millionaire in, in six months, great. <laughs> so it was a gamble. It was a fucking good gamble. Yeah. See, I can't, I can't stomach those kind of swings. Question, Dave. If you could go back in time and visit your old self or your, I guess your younger self, your would you tell them, hey, buy A, B, and C? You know, like at the time, if you could go back 20, 25 years, you would say oh, buy, Marty McFly buy Google, shit buy Apple, even buy Yahoo at the time. And then you'd have to give them a sell-by date, though. You're like, you got to get rid of Yahoo by this date, though, <laughs> or you're fucked. <laughs> 100%. I would totally do that. So you wouldn't worry about any ramifications that would come from that? No, I mean, we can get into the whole conversation about time travel and how, how bad it is and how you get into uh, all sorts of issues with, you know, running into your former self. And yeah, but there's enough movies on that to, to I think, cover that conversation. <laughs> the Back to the Future series was pretty amazing. All right. Um, Don't want to have accidentally have sex with your mom. What? Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So... For people who might feel they might have gotten fucked by the stock market, let's also talk about somebody who just likes to fuck a lot. You know who Nick Cannon is? <laughs> I do. I do. He's got like nine kids, doesn't he? From oh, like okay. nine hey, different hey, moms. You're, you're so far behind. Oh, am I? Oh, so, Jesus. So an article just came out. He just had a new baby with another wife. And the funny thing is, from reading the article... I cannot actually tell how many kids he has <laughs> oh, because it's unclear. And look, unfortunately, he did lose one kid to um, a, a disease, which based on just the numbers, based on the amount he had, it's, it's unfortunately not surprising. But I can't tell how many kids he's actually had and how many are still around because they're just throwing around numbers. It's like 11, 12, or 13. But he had one in September of this year. One in November of this year, <laughs> right? And Jesus. from the, what I, I think, I'm going to guess 12. I think that's the number. I would not bet on it. I'm telling you that, but I think it's 12. He has three with one lady, three with another lady, and then the, all the rest, it sounds like, are single mom kids. Does he not, heard, have you he not heard of a convenience store? <laughs> He's clearly not using, uh, using condoms. Uh, his fucking child support payments have to be through the roof. They implied that it was over a million, a million dollars a year. See, that seems low support. to me with 12 kids. 
Well, they said it was over. I don't know the exact number. And the Jesus. problem is, like, it's it's based on your net worth at the time. And I don't know. Look, I've never been divorced, and um, I, I all I know is it's costly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been divorced. I can tell you it's costly. I don't know if it gets revisited later. Like, if your child, if your salary significant changes downwards, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. Okay. <laughs> so, Michael, <laughs> have you been watching the election uh, news lately? The only part that I've been watching is how sad it is that it's like four and five days after the election, some things still have not been decided. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's almost become normal, though. I mean, if you remember the 2020 election, it was like a week, solid week, week and a half, we didn't have a president. Yeah, and it, it started probably, I don't know, three or four presidential elections ago where they started making all these incorrect assumptions and they were like, look, we just, we need to stop. And so since then, they're like, well, we're just going to wait. Yeah. The, uh, like, I know Arizona's been like a fucking hotbed of all this bullshit because they're taking so long to, to tabulate the results. Um, and I, and there's been lots of excuses like talked about, like why it's taking so long and how, cause Arizona is one of those states where you can actually start counting votes before the election. Some, some states are like, I think it's like Pennsylvania. Like some states are like, you can't, like, you can't even like look at them until election day. Okay. And that's when they start counting them, which is why it takes so long. Um, the problem in Arizona is they got ballots dumped on election day, like the morning of like the mail-in ballots, um, because of the last couple of elections and how things have gone, a lot of people took the mail-in ballots and instead of mailing them back ahead of time, they walk them to a poll and drop them off. Gotcha. Um, and the problem with those mail-in ballots is though they have to be validated with, you know, you have to compare the signature on the ballot to the signature on file. Uh, like there's, there's a whole bunch of shit that you have to do. And it's like the old days too. It's like, I used to work at a bank and when someone brought in a check, when they endorsed it, I used to have to take the check, go to this big fucking like Dewey decimal system <laughs> of cards people going over to those and then pull their account and match the signature to the signature on the check. And then I could cash the check. What a fucking pain in the ass. And then everything went digital. And now you can deposit a check via your fucking cell phone. And it's like no yeah. big deal. You know, uh, elections I, I know, haven't evolved. <laughs> I know this isn't in the same category, but, uh, or, or distracting from the election comment. But I remember going to the bank, you know, like, again, uh -huh. now it's so crazy, but they would be like, oh, it doesn't match. I'm like, I opened an account when I was 12. Yeah. Like, yeah, my signature is not going to match anymore. Yeah. You're correct. And uh, then, sir, you need to update your signature yeah. on file. One time when I was in Australia, the I gave, because of the way my name spelled too, uh, my first name is actually not spelled like Michael. It's spelled almost like Michelle. That has led to a lot of times issues. Mm -hmm. And one of them, I gave, I gave my license and I signed the paper. And the lady's like, your signature doesn't match the back of the credit card. So I'm like, okay. The name on the credit card matches my license. And she's like, well, it needs to match. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, you, what you need to do, your responsibility is to prove the person using the card is the person whose name is on it. I've done that. And she's like, no, no, it needs to match. I'm like, I'm not signing again. <laughs> so she had to go get a manager and the manager came over and he was like, hey, you saw his license. Like you have enough information to say he's yeah. the right one. But 
nowadays when I sign like at a, a supermarket, let's say, and I use a credit card, and say I'm with my cousin Yanni, I write as my signature, Yanni loves balls. <laughs> and I let him see it while I'm writing it, and we just walk out. And I've done that kind of thing so many times, and there is never a question by the person at the counter. They could not give a shit. Well, there's there's a difference with a, a you know a ten dollar an hour cashier at a fucking at a, at a supermarket, and uh, the banker who will probably be responsible for the funds they gave away if it's fraud. Probably. Yeah, oh, fair point. That was one thing I hated about being a fucking bank teller is at the end of the day, you had to count up your drawer of cash and it had a match to the penny to what the computer said. So if you if you cash the check for $29.32, there better be $29.32 less change in your drawer than than when you, you know, started the day. And um I guess I was a trusting teenager when I was doing this. They put me on pay, as a payroll specialist. So I had people cashing 10 and $20,000 checks. So I'm literally handing for cash. I'm literally handing out 10 and $20,000 in bills all day long throughout the day. So for me, it wasn't the drawer being off by 25 cents. Like my drawer had to be perfect, but there were days where I was like $500 short. Where I'm like, oh fuck, man! Like, and the bills stuck together, and oh, it was a fucking disaster. It was the most stressful job I ever had. Do you remember? And I know it's a long time ago. Did you ever have more money than you should have? Like, you clearly yes, fucked somebody all over the time. when you, when you cash all them the out? time. Yeah. yeah. How it long? Is, how long is the process of closing out your draw? So, look, I used to work in a supermarket, and I used to see people doing it, and. They would like go in a back room and it just like eventually come out and be like, I finally got it to match. Or I was off by seven cents. Like if somebody's stealing, they're not stealing seven cents. Like that's clearly some error that happened along the way. Yeah. How did that process go? How long did that shit take you? Well, you had a you had a window, right? Like when I was a a, a teller at the front of the house, um, where it was just kind of like your normal day to day stuff. Um, you had like a fifty dollar like grievance like you can you can be off within 50 bucks and the bank was like it's not worth looking for right all right and then, but above and beyond that you had to spend like hours like looking and like recounting and doing all sorts of shit right um when i was doing payroll like i said i think it was like a 500 dollar window and um which was good because what happened was i would type in the paycheck and then this machine would spit out all the bills and i still had to fucking count all the bills. So imagine counting fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in hundreds and fifties and twenties. It was and shit. If it's brand new bills and they stick together, yeah. I, some people were real happy on certain days, man, because I would <laughs> give away five hundred bucks like it was going out of style. <laughs> so, and just to be clear, David might have said it a little cavalier. If you're off fifty dollars a day, there'll be some sort of investigation. It's just kind of the <laughs> once in a while thing. So well, this was back in the nineties. I don't think it was well, that so big of a deal. Speaking then. of back in the nineties. This is what kind of asshole I was growing up. <laughs> we used to go to the bank, me and my parents, right? And they would have to do whatever bank stuff they were doing. I would go to the deposit and the withdrawal slips. Oh, my God. I, I, I would imagine if I did this as a kid today, not obviously as a 50-year-old, but as a kid today, you probably would get arrested. <laughs> I would go to the bank deposit slips and withdrawal slips. I would take them out, and on the back of all of them, I would write, I have a gun. This is a stick up. Give me your Oh, cash. Jesus Christ. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd You're just such an ass. As many as I could while my parents were doing whatever they were doing. 
<laughs> That's uh, fucked up shit. Yeah. So speaking of bank errors in your favor, uh, gosh, I hesitate to even say this, but this has never happened before. I'm checking my bank account the other day, and I have a sizable, meaning more than a thousand dollars, deposit mm-hmm. into my account that I did not, I did not deposit. Nice. So I'm like, I'm not expecting any money. This isn't my paycheck. So I go online and I look it up and I, and thankfully you can click and look at the actual deposit slip because yes. like, they scanned it. So I pull up the deposit slip and this poor guy's account number and my account number are off by one digit. Like it, he had like a five instead of a nine. Like that's, and, and the way he wrote the five, it kind of looked like a nine. What was the five followed by? And then what <laughs> followed that number? <laughs> So here's my plan. I haven't done anything with it yet. I want to see how long it takes them to figure this out. And if they don't, obviously, I don't need the money. I'm going to, I'm going to, because this, this poor guy definitely, I mean, it, it, it looked like a paycheck. It's like, yeah. a, it's like, it's like, a, it's about the size of a paycheck. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man, that sucks. So I'm going to wait like another week and then see if they figure it out. And if they don't figure it out, I'm going to go to the bank. Be like, look, look, I, I can even tell you whose account it is because his name is on the fucking deposit yeah. slip. So, when I it's I have this weird glitch that when I do a deposit, I get a copy of the deposit slip. And it's kind of for situations like this, right? Where something happens. And so that way I have proof, if I need it, that I made the deposit in the amount. Mm-hmm. When I do a withdrawal, I never get a receipt because I'm like, I want no fucking evidence of this just in yeah. case they forget. <laughs> just in case they forget to take the money out, I want no evidence of this. So. All right. So we were talking about the election before we got way off yeah. fucking topic. So I'm going to bring us back <laughs> to the election. Um, and the only reason why I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to get your take on it. Yes. Um, you and I are, are pretty close to the same politically on the political spectrum. We tend to lean a little bit right, but we got, you know, there are some things I agree with on the left and there are some things right. I agree Agreed. with on the right. I'm um, not which, one anything, right? Yeah. And in my opinion, most Americans are, are tend to drift towards the center. Um, unfortunately, the loudest Americans are far right and far left. So you, when yeah. you, know, you, you go on the news, you're hearing a small percentage, but of the very loudest people because they're very passionate about their their party right um what was your takeaway from this election and let me let me preface that by saying that it's pretty common at least in the last 40 years that the midterm elections after a presidential swap switch after a new person is in is in uh, in the white house tends to not go their way a new political party not a new person. sure right so it tends to not go their way because it's the overcorrecting. Like, hey, we got a Republican in office and eh, they've done okay in the first two years. Let's go ahead and let's balance things out a little bit and, and add some more Democrats back in there and vice versa. So what is your take about – what is your takeaway from this, this election period? So what, what I'm surprised with is, right, I use the Dewey Beach Truman example. When – Dewey, when everybody thought Dewey was going to be Truman is because on the exit polls, they weren't getting accurate information, right? People were kind of frowned upon to say they voted for that person. It's, oh, same thing happened in 2016. Correct. It's the basically the exact same thing that happened when Trump won was all the polls were saying he's not going to win because people didn't want to have an argument 
just to say who they were thinking about voting, let alone who they were going to vote with. Right. So what was surprising on this one was how many Republicans were so outspoken on stuff, and then they still in turn didn't have the red wave as they called it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard all different jokes about it from it was a slow dribble to a, a pink wave and like all these other <laughs> jokes for it. So it was surprising with how much noise was going into it and how much the ardent Republicans were saying Biden sucks, Biden does this, Biden does that, that they it wasn't a bigger win for them. And I think they're surprised too, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think either the Republicans thought they had it in the bag and didn't come out and vote. Um, that's That's one take on it. Because I, I honestly, with the Hillary Clinton uh, election, I feel like the Democrats did that. That's they, exactly. They were like, that's exactly. They're like, this lost. is going to be a landslide. I don't need to go out and vote. I um, mean, we also know she was going to lose because she was a woman. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> strike, <laughs> strike that from the strike that from the record. <laughs> no, we're not. We're leaving that in. <laughs> Damn, when I you wish edit, I was editing already. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better learn how to edit, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so, so there's that, right? So I don't, I don't think people showed up, but I also think it's very similar to what happened in 20, 2020. People didn't necessarily vote for Joe Biden. They voted against Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. They were tired of the antics. They were tired of the election. Did not, well, that hadn't happened yet. They were tired of the stuff that was going on at the time, right? Um, my takeaway from this election, and you can see it in, in who lost um, people were tired of election denials, right? So all the election deniers and all of the pro-Trump candidates on the Republican side, most of them lost. Right, which makes you wonder then if Trump's going to run again in 2024. Oh, if- I guarantee you he will. We'll see. Guarantee you he will. Yeah, he's already started plotting it because he's making fun of some of the other candidates that have kind of popped up as uh, as potential you know yeah. running uh not running mates but competition so um i'm making that prediction right here right now starting in early 2025 if that's the case david and i or whoever my sit-in co-host is will be uh coming to you live from canada <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely gonna run i feel like as someone who tends to lean a little bit more towards the right, I I feel like him running is actually the worst thing possible for for the Democrats. You mean for the Republicans? I'm sorry, for the Republicans. Uh, the example I'll give is back in the 2016 election, you had Gary Johnson, who was a libertarian, a very popular libertarian, run. And I think he ended up with somewhere between 3 and 5% of the overall vote which is significant in that how close the election was. Right. Right. And you can argue that, hey, Trump won in a landslide, but the reality is all the individual states that he won, that he got full credit for, were very close races. Yeah, and it's it's the Ross Perot model, right? When he used to run, he caused enough noise that he was never going to win, but he could be taking or giving votes to somebody else because he was in the mix. Yeah, so so if if Trump does run, what's going to happen is the parties, the Republicans are going to be split. You're going to get people that are anti-Trump but red and want to you know vote for somebody like a Ron DeSantis, 
or uh, you're going to get the, the pro-Trumpers come out. So it's just going to split the red party. And then whoever wins in all the primaries and ends up you know, being the, the selection to, to run for president is, is going to have a fractured party and it's going to have to pick up the pieces and somehow yeah. make everybody happy in order for them to make a run. So Welcome it's going to be America, a fucking everybody. disaster. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fun, I agree. fun stuff. I, I do want, I mean, I do love me some election night because mm -hmm. watching the polls come in and the numbers come up and like who won by like, you know, 15 votes and who's going to a, a runoff. That shit was, it was pretty fun to watch. I gotta, gotta be honest. Yeah. Well, Especially those, not having a horse in the race. <laughs> some of those are amazing with how the information is coming in and how close they actually end up being. Right. And that's why, the old saying is every vote counts and the last three or four elections, not just presidential, yeah, just in general, yeah. has really proven that true, that things can change based on getting just a few more people out there to the polls. So people, the week after election day, we remind you to vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're still fucking counting votes. <laughs> vote early, vote, vote often. <laughs> <laughs> vote often. <laughs> vote early, vote, vote many times. All right. All right, let's play your new game. All right, so the new game is called Am I the Asshole? And before you say yes, because yep. I know you're thinking about it. Game over, yes. There is a subreddit called Am I the Asshole? And it's where people post like, hey, this situation happened. Am I in the wrong, basically? Okay. And I've known about it for a while, and every once in a while – I poke it when I'm bored. I'll, I'll go to Reddit and I'll just start look, looking through some of the, the posts there. And some of them are actually pretty good. So I thought it would be fun for me to read someone's post and then you and I to talk about whether or not they are the asshole in this situation. Okay. Makes so sense? Can I, can I, as an example, just for myself, would an example be something like, I left a 25% tip and the person still complained. Am I the asshole here? Something like that. Ish, ish. Okay. I'll give you an example, and here's here's the first right, one we'll talk about. It. Am I the asshole for wanting my fiance to have a different best man at our wedding? So here's the scenario: husband and wife. Uh, well, fiance. Uh, the 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 bride does not like the best man, and has told her husband in no uncertain terms, or her husband to be in no uncertain terms that you're you're you need to find a new best man all right so now put yourself in these shoes yeah right? um she is the asshole in this case <laughs> and he should leave her immediately head for the hills because if she's trying to control that your life's gonna suck yeah uh it, it, there's a whole there's a whole you know five paragraphs that i'm not going to read behind this but and sometimes they do make a difference in this case it didn't so i didn't read it but apparently you know the uh the best man you, you would make fun of you know the uh the bride to be's weight and she had a, she took issue with that wow. so apparently she does not have a good sense of humor or this guy's a complete dick so a couple couple questions is it possible that this was sent by your ex-wife when we were getting married, when you were getting married? <laughs> and she was talking about me. Is that possible that you've just been holding on to this for uh, but 20 what years? Would you do? What would you do? So, in, in, you know, your wife says, you know, I, I'm the best man. Your wife says, I don't like him. Like, I want you to pick somebody else. What would you do? So here, here's the problem with, with that. And, and I know I said it jokingly, but I do. She's put you in a very unfair position. Not because she's fat. 
<laughs> um, but because now she's making you choose between her and him, which I guess most people would say you should always be choosing your wife. I get it. No, but bros before if, hoes. If the <laughs> If that is the way this relationship is going to start on their it wedding day. It sets a bad tone for the relationship. That yeah. relationship's going to blow. That's a fucking right. red flag. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100%. So, I yes, would be like, I, nope, sorry. I don't, I don't even know if it's a fair request, but I think if she makes that request and the guy's just like, mm, no, here's the reasons why. If she says, yeah, okay, I get it. Then I actually don't have a problem with her making the request. Um, but if she then starts digging in her heels and starts throwing a fit or something, that 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 relationship's over before it started. Save yourself yeah. the divorce lawyer fees and walk out. Oh now. yeah, one hundred percent. Red flags all the way through. Yeah, not all to right. mention, sounds like she's fat. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Sorry, it's, well, it's fat on fat crime. I'm allowed to do it. You can't. <laughs> all right, next one. Am I the asshole for kicking a girl I didn't know out of my wedding? And let me give you some backstory there because that's not enough. Uh, so have a wedding party. Uh, one of the groomsmen uh, broke up with his girlfriend sometime between the announcement of the wedding and the actual wedding. So he decides to bring not a rando, but somebody who he, I guess he was thinking, considering dating, right? So he's bringing a plus one to the wedding. Okay. All right. Um the the bride to be did not want anyone that she didn't know at the wedding. All right? It doesn't so say not, how not big not the wedding party. No, not like here's your new bridesmaid. Yeah, like okay. here's here's your your husband to be's groomsman's potential new girlfriend or his date okay. for the wedding. He brought a plus one, and when when the plus one showed up, the the bridezilla. <laughs> said oh, leading no. the witness your honor <laughs> yes <laughs> well, so here's here's my view on it is you either allow people to bring somebody you don't as an example there's been plenty of weddings growing up where people were invited as that person plus guests because they knew the person was in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. and other people for the same wedding same characteristics who was not in a relationship did not get an and guest my view is if you get an and guest and you want to bring a fucking bobcat, and I don't even mean that in any <laughs> slang. I mean an actual bobcat to the wedding. You should be allowed. If you're invited with a plus one, you bring whoever the fuck you want. That's my view. But I have no problem with her with starting with we're not giving plus ones. I have no issue with that. Yeah, it's either it's all or none, right? You can't Correct. you can't be choosy about who's you know what their plus one look, looks like or who what their plus one is. Uh, you want to know how it ended? Um, he married the plus one. No, the, oh. uh, the, the groomsman showed up with the plus one and the wife said, you got to go home. Oof. Who? A- and the husband if, allowed it. The groom is, allowed is it. Is this the husband's friend or her friend? It's the husband's friend. Oh yeah. That's all right. So the, we got two, so we got two divorces we can talk about in a few episodes. <laughs> what else you got? Or is that it for this one? All right. This one is a would I be the asshole? So this actually hasn't happened yet. Ah, interesting. Uh, so would I be the asshole if I stopped cooking for my husband? All right, before I tell you the actual story behind the story, what's your thoughts? So 
the husband should not expect his wife to be the one cooking all the time. Okay. Right? All right. So that's a, a flawed logic. Now, if they both share the duty or if at any point she was like, I'm the, I love cooking, I'm going to cook forever, which I doubt has happened, then I don't think necessarily she's an asshole. I would just be like, what happened? But from a man who is in a relationship where neither really him or his wife really cook a lot, um, I don't think you should be expecting the other person to be cooking for you. Okay, fair enough. Let me give you the actual story. So uh, husband likes to cook, wife likes to cook. They both cook 50-50. Okay. Their rules, by the way, this is the same rules we have in my house. If I'm cooking, you're cleaning. Yeah, oh, I, that's hundred. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, so if I'm cooking, you do the dishes. And by the way, this exact scenario is so funny, though, because when I cook, I dirty two dishes, okay? When my wife cooks, she cooks a five-course meal, and there's seven pots and strainers and all, and like fucking air fryers and the oven, and like everything was used. Like every, well, every fucking utensil in the kitchen was used to make a meal. I'd like to point out that I think your wife's brilliant because that's also how I cook. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 let me let me let me add to this. My wife is a phenomenal cook. I, I agree absolutely. With that. I love her food. She goes. I mean, she's like, if for my wife, every fucking night is like Iron Chef. Like she's competing against the Iron Chef. Well, and I, I know we're getting away from the thing, but when I was there and she cooked a couple of the nights, I'm like, how the fuck did you make this today? When I saw you working. <laughs> You went out of the house for an hour yeah. to go to the gym. You were doing this. How did we get this fucking dish uh, at dinner when you've so, been gone so long? Yeah. So, honey, in no way am I complaining. But I will say this. I do way more dishes than my wife does because of the fact that when she cooks, she uses a lot of dishes. So but that's not the question. This is the story. So though. you this, are the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already established that. Uh, so this is the story. So the wife cooks for the husband. The husband complains and says, I'm no longer doing dishes because when I cook, it's like two or three dishes. When you cook, it's a whole friggin' it's everything, right? So wife in turn says, well, then I'm not cooking anymore. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the asshole well, on this? Let's put it this way. The end of the story is, oh, you want to fuck? No, we ain't fucking. That's the end of that story. <laughs> That's how that story ends. So that guy is is not only the asshole, he's going to be the asshole very sad later on that night and for many weeks in the future. <laughs> Look, right. I, I don't know. That's an interesting one because if, if you're cutting out the enjoyment of it, right, you're not getting the food. If you're like, look, I don't want to be involved in the fucking cleaning anymore, so you cook for yourself and that's it, I, I don't know how I feel about that, I, but... I, look, the it's it's not anywhere, anywhere in writing, but that's like one of those fucking unwritten rules. If there's yeah. two people and one cooks, the other one does the dishes. Right, right. I think and that makes sense. so much so that like when in that situation that happens, and like if I cook dinner and I walk away, I'm just like your problem. That doesn't necessarily help the situation because <laughs> then it's while I'm in the right, I still end up the asshole in that particular situation. <laughs> but yeah, all right. You ready for one, one more? Yeah, one more. Right. Do you have any where people aren't getting divorced from this? Is there anything uh, no. goes? No, this is always like this whole freaking subreddit is always like husbands and wives. Uh, and the theme here is is marriage for sure. So here's a here's here's the best one. I said the best one for last. Am I the asshole for missing my father-in-law's funeral after my mother-in-law booked my husband first class but me economy? Right. Who so before I, before I explained it, okay. 
All right. Before I explained it, what's your thought just on that? You <laughs> no. Oh, I don't care who's paying. You cannot travel a different class than your wife. At worst, the way it should happen is she's the one flying in first class and he's in coach. That's how All it right. should happen. Well, here's the scenario, and it might change your opinion a little bit. Uh, so essentially, I'm going to summarize because this one is like 10 paragraphs. Essentially, the, the, the mother-in-law um, bought two tickets and said, hey, look, you know, um, her, her husband died. Her son, who's married to this girl who's saying I'm on the asshole, uh, you know, her, the mother offered to the mother-in-law offered to buy them both tickets so they can come out and visit and okay. and come to the funeral. Um, so she did. Uh, wifey doesn't find out until she gets to the airport. Okay, that they can't fly together. And what ended up happening was I think the mother had some additional like frequent flyer miles, and since her son is grieving thought it would be nice for him to fly first class and you know but the the wife is like well i wanted to sit next to him so i could console him yeah but when i found out that we couldn't sit next to each other and then found out that the mother-in-law purposely put him in first class and me and coach i said i'm not going so and i know the question go. is a, is about the wife the mother-in-law is the asshole <laughs> <laughs> because you should not, she should not have booked them in two different classes. I can appreciate so? that she was buying them tickets, but she should not have booked either both get something or both get nothing, right? Type thing. All right. But that's not the question. The question is, is the wife the asshole for showing up at the airport? And by the way, she says here that her husband cried the whole way to the airport in the car, right? Showed up at the airport, realized that she was flying in coach and then said, I'm not going, and then left. And the husband went to the funeral by himself well, in first I, class. I, I have no issue with him going. The other thing is on the way to the airport, she should have made him sit in the fucking back or in the or he drove and she was in the back <laughs> and said, just so we can get used to the trip that's coming up. Um, <laughs> so I, I you're think clearly being, pissed at the, at the wife. The, no, the mother-in-law. The mother-in-law well, is the one who's fucked up here. Yeah. The wife, I can, I can appreciate her not wanting to go and – I I wouldn't say really? she's being an asshole, but you I don't think, think she's that's being petty. petty. As fuck. Oh, yeah, uh, let me finish my sentence. I think <laughs> she's being petty, and she still should have went. Yes, but yeah. going forward, it's not just the father-in-law who's dead to her. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's the thing: where you don't think about. So she did this, right? The whole, I mean, every, think about every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every holiday for the rest of your life, as long as you are married to this man, is going to be awkward as fuck. Mm -hmm. Because you know, the whole family is going to be like, wow, you couldn't fly coach, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, look, I think for the mother-in-law to do that, I think there were some underlying issues anyway, right? Sure. So I'm sure there was a little bit of, that was a little yeah. bit of a jab. You weren't good enough for my son. He's a right, first-class right. kind of guy. You're a coach kind of girl. So Ouch. I think it goes back. The mother-in-law is the asshole in this example. I yeah. want to be very clear. <laughs> so I want to give you, tell you a story, and I might have said it before. There was one time 25 years ago when I was dating a girl. We were flying somewhere, and I don't know what happened, but my ticket got upgraded to first class, and hers did not. And so what happened was we got on the plane, and we went to our respective seats, and then we said to people in the first row, 
And because we had a seat very close to that, we're like, hey, is there anybody here who's not a couple that one person would be willing to give up their seat to go to take the first class one and oh, I'll yeah. come back to coach? So one lady, <laughs> one lady goes, raises her hand. Uh, she's like, I'll take it. So I'm like, oh, great. You're flying alone. She's like, no, this is my husband. See you later. <laughs> and she took the seat and she went up to first class and the guy fucking rode coach the whole way. Uh, and, and you got to sit next to your girlfriend? So, and I got to sit next to my girlfriend at the time. That's awesome. So the funny thing is the lady at some point comes back to talk to her husband or something. She says something to him. And then she goes to us. She's like, oh, how long have you two been together? And I'm five, six months, whatever it was. I don't remember how long it was. But based on my past relationship, probably not longer than six months. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's like, how long have you guys been together, blah, blah, blah. And so we talked to her a little bit. And we're like, oh, why do you ask that? She goes, I'm just curious. She's like, me and him have been married 10 years. She's like, I don't care if I fly next to him or not. She's like, I was just curious. <laughs> she's like, so I knew you guys were in an early stage of your relationship. She's like, that part I knew for sure. That's hysterical. So, yeah. All right. But well, yeah. uh, we, we have a lot of assholes today. Yes. So with that, these two assholes are out of here. I'm Michael Carter. I'm David Michael. And we are assholes. Ridiculously (laughs) bored. And ridiculously assholes? No. No. Ridiculous assholes? Assholes bored? This is where I tell you to end it now, David. (laughs) We don't need (laughs) to wait three more episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Goodbye.